Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Thinking Project Podcast, where we interview founders and creatives to help you take the next step in your business by listening to inspired stories of these wonderful founders. I hope you enjoy this podcast and make sure to share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for being here, Susan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, is this the first time you've been a guest on a podcast before? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. No, I've been on a bunch of podcasts, but I haven't been on one. I feel like COVID kind of shut down in person. Yeah. And I don't love doing them uh, via Skype or Zoom or yeah. anything. So yeah. yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> That's cool. No, Zoom and Skype are like backups. Yeah. Because they're very impersonal. Mm -hmm. I, I, you don't even feel like you get to meet people. Yeah. When you do it like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, well, let's introduce you, the founder of Freshly Picked. Uh -huh. And every, is that like your only thing you have right now or? Yeah. So it's founder, CEO, and chairwoman. Okay. Yeah. Freshly Picked. And um, I, that's all I have going right now. Yeah. Well, that's a lot though, <laughs> right? Like that's a full, that's a full, and I apologize, founder, CEO, chairwoman. Yeah. Great. It's all right. <laughs> how long is, how long has Freshly Picked been? In business 13 years this year wow yeah that's incredible wow so how did it so like this is my favorite part of the podcast is like tell us the origin story did you and and like specifically like is this something that you you know you always wanted to do like you wanted to do uh baby and mommy businesses mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i didn't i was actually i was talking to a friend yesterday she was over at my house for something and um she has a uh, early 20s her son's in his early 20s and she's like oh he doesn't have direction and i'm like that was me like <laughs> in my early 20s i was living in vail colorado okay um oh wow working okay. <laughs> as like i was snowboarding every day and uh i was a waitress working the apre shift so like that time right after you get it between lunch and dinner okay yeah um so i'd snowboard every morning work that hang out with my friends all night <laughs> and then um no direction, no idea what I, I think my parents were so frustrated. <laughs> um, and then I ended up, I ended up in Utah and I lived here for a couple of years, but I didn't go to college. I didn't. And I like, I waitressed, I worked odd office jobs. I never, I didn't have like a career path set out. Um, then when I got married, I, uh, I always like when, I, when, when you're working the opera shift, it's like the most lucrative shift even more than lunch because you're basically just serving drinks so the more people get inebriated the more you get bigger yeah, tips, tips. <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> and um you know like my 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 manager had like uh she was like susan you're sassy you lean into that guys the drunker guys get the more they want to be sass <laughs> and so i would just lean into it and i would make a lot of money like a thousand dollars a day Whoa. and it was like my first thing where i'm like wow like i'm working hard but there's like this opportunity meeting my personality where i can actually make a lot of money and i love making money money's like my number one thing yeah i love making money <laughs> that's perfect i'm super upfront about it actually yeah. and um uh so when we got married we're super poor my husband was in school and i was i was waitressing but waitressing in utah is not like waitressing in colorado and um I was not making hardly any money. And I can remember after my daughter was born, we were over at my friend's house and she on her dining room table had all of these sewing projects going. And I was like, well, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm making stuff and selling it online. And I was like, I remember looking at her and being like, you're not smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just started making stuff and selling it on Etsy. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I would make like a couple hundred bucks a month and it felt like I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Like it felt like, you know that was my money wow holy cow and that's how it all started yeah that was so and then when my son was born i started making the moccasins i had a, okay i had kind of built up a blog it was pretty unsuccessful and then an etsy shop that was equally unsuccessful but through that i was able to get the word out about my moccasins and they just sold out so i had holy seen cow. like a couple friends on etsy like hit the right product and then just kind of take off yeah. And I told my husband, I was like, I feel like if I found the right product, my, my, I, I could make something of it. Yeah. And the moccasins were that. And the, mo and so what was the idea? So the moccasins just started with. Yeah. Your, with my son, with I couldn't son. find anything that I liked. And so I made it myself. <laughs> 
That's yeah. perfect though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like that's how every journey starts is you're like, I don't like any of this. I'm going to make something that I like. Yeah. When people are like, I, I want to start a business, but I don't, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, well think about something you use every day and you hate it because it's not exactly how you want it, but you yeah. still use it because you want to use it. Start there. Because mm. you use it so you understand how it works and how it works into your life optimize that and see if that's something that you can make a business out of. Yeah. And then that's easy because you're the ideal customer. Yeah. And good <laughs> brand is empathy. And if you're empathetic with yourself first, yeah. then you can be empathetic with other people. I love that. I mean, my whole, like my whole sales platform is built on empathy because I mm -hmm. think people just overlook that. So, I mean, we all know the definitions of empathy, mm -hmm. but like for you, what does that mean? And how do you incorporate that into a brand? Well, for me, I'll just my, through my experience. So um, when I, I was shocked by motherhood, actually, like seriously shocked, I didn't realize how selfish I was. And when I had my baby, my, my daughter, um, she's my fate. We're best friends, <laughs> but it, motherhood was hard for me because naturally I thought about myself first instead of thinking about her. And so it was like a huge mind shift for me. Mm. Um, and then when I had my son, it was a lot easier. Like I took to the second baby quicker. And a lot of moms will say that, like it's harder to bond with the first. It took me a long mm. time. But um, I also didn't realize like how lonely it was. And mm. like that you hear about it, but like your men don't understand this, but your body is so different and it seems like a little thing, but do you remember when you're going through puberty mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're hitting your hips on everything because you don't understand the parameters <laughs> of your body, yeah. like you're growing so fast, yeah. but that's how it is with motherhood. Like the parameters of your body have changed. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, oh, my boobs are different. That's mm -hmm. not it. It's like the actual parameters are different. Plus it functions in a different way. Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden now what I thought was for pleasure is now for function. It's just like the weirdest <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. And so um, I can remember feeling really lonely and really um, sad and really happy and just like all these feelings. And so um, when my son was born, I feel like I was much better at like being able to articulate it and being able to like identify the feelings that I was feeling. But um, with the moccasin, you get like, and then, and then, you know, your, your parent time mm. is such a thief. Like yeah. when you pull out baby clothes that you're like, wait, they fit in these last week. And all of a sudden it looks like they're <laughs> newborn clothes, but right. they're not, you know, right. um, yeah. you just, you get a little weepy because you're like, am I, am I spending this right? Am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. So with the moccasins, they get like their footprint on the bottom when they wear them. And oh, cool. yeah, it's like this really cool experience where you're able to kind of encapsulate um this transformation as a mom like from a woman to a mom and then also trans like the transformation of the baby and um so as as freshly picked we really want to sit in like we know what you're going through like we understand that motherhood's hard we understand it's lonely we understand it's funny we understand it's frustrating and let's like give you products that can celebrate that wow and how long did it take you to find, figure out like moccasins were it? And then when moccasins came, mm -hmm. um, how did you like develop the rest of it? Cause it's more than moccasins right now. Yeah. So we did moccasins for the first, uh, seven years, mm. just moccasins. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And then we started branching out into other soft soul styles. And now I think we have, I don't know, 10 or 12 soft soul styles. Mm -hmm. And then, um, in 2017, we launched a Kickstarter for our diaper bag and sold like almost 400k um on our kickstarter yeah cool. so we're able to fund like our first po oh, and cool. um now we have again i think 10 to 12 styles of diaper bags uh in 2019 2020 2019 we launched our swaddle that um is pretty revolutionary it's got like this inner piece that like holds the baby in and then oh <laughs> this outer piece that um, that was most frustrating trying to swallow a little baby <laughs> yeah so ours is velcro it's this oh. really strong velcro so it has like this piece that just covers like their chest and their arms and you velcro that and then the swaddles like kind of loose around it oh that's but cool. you can lift up the bottom and change their diaper without mm -hmm. waking them up or whatever yeah so i guess i i really i really found it inspiring um because i saw you at the consumer summit yeah uh, and and just talking now just about how you connect with mothers 
and that story like because you're right like i i don't know what that is right mm-hmm. like my my wife would know better than me but i try to like be empathetic and that's why i like to have a lot of like you know female founders on here because it's i can't imagine like going through the feelings of being a mother and then trying to build a business mm-hmm. working with a team so how do you communicate that message in your brand with like like what does that look like when you're because you sell you know you have the moccasins you have the the bags you have the swaddles and everything and then you're trying to communicate this other message of like we know what you're going through and uh-huh. how do you kind of make those two mesh yeah i mean a lot of it just starts with like a good creative team so mm-hmm. we have a really good brand guide <clears throat> um and we when we're doing photo shoots when we're writing copy when we're putting out new product um we're thinking of mom first we're mm-hmm. all she's always on our mind and so um our like for example our product uh the our product lead marissa last year had a baby and i'm like it's the best thing ever <laughs> and because first of all no one gets more done than a woman getting ready to go on maternity leave hands down <laughs> that's so that's so awesome yeah that's absolutely. it's true like yeah. yeah and then also like the way that she's able to connect with moms because we're always we sit firmly in the new mom category. Mm-hmm. So like every, and our, our customer life cycle, if we're lucky, it extends to about two and a half years, but it's mm-hmm. really just under two years. And so we're constantly having to get the new moms. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like her sitting at the helm of the product was so awesome because now she's using the product. She's experiencing mm-hmm. it at home and she's able to bring into work her struggles and what she's going through. And then we're able to like put that feedback right into our product. That's awesome. And so whether it's like someone on the team having a baby or we're focus grouping it, I mean, she probably, her team is running at least 20 focus groups a month. Ooh, that's cool. And just like testing the product and we're testing and making sure that we're like really staying true. They don't like, no one will take feedback from me anymore. My youngest is 13. Like Mm -hmm. I have no idea what new moms are going through anymore. I can remember, but like, we're such unreliable auditors of ourselves that like, even my memories don't Mm. serve the company well anymore. That, yeah. I mean, that takes a lot of like self-awareness too. I feel like, um, just being able to go out there, but who was it? I think it was Kevin O'Leary, one of the sharks who said like, yeah, Kevin O'Leary was like, if I want to get something done, I give it to a busy mother because she'll yes. find the best, most efficient way and quickest way to yes, do it. Yes, it's so <laughs> true, though. Because he was like, I love investing in, you know, female-led um, companies and yeah. like mother-led companies. And then he said that quote. And, um, and I, you know, when we were talking, when I, when I came up and asked you if you wanted to be on the podcast, um, you were talking with a few other women talking about like, you know, invest in, you know, female investing, mm-hmm. um, female led companies and things like that. Uh, so I'd love to hear like your thoughts on like, what are some of the problems that female investors face? Like I've had a few female, I've had quite a few actually, and we've had this conversation and, and I just feel like, how do you get to the root of getting more money in female led companies pockets? And yeah, no, I'm definitely, this is top of mind for me right now. Um, I feel like Utah is so amazing with female entrepreneurs. Literally, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is Susan Madsen from UVU. You'll probably be like, that fact's not true because she's very <laughs> data driven. But um, I would say probably in Utah, there are more female companies that hit the million million dollar mark than male led companies. But then there's not a pipeline or path for them to get beyond that. Mm-hmm. And um, if you like, for example, if you go to BYU or University of Utah, you're a man and you go into tech, there then opens up a perfect path for you to uh, become successful in that field. Because mm-hmm. that's what we've been focusing on in Utah for the last 20 years is Yeah, and it's, it's, kind of, it's frustrating. Well, <laughs> it's amazing because we've built up this incredible economy mm-hmm. and all of these people that have money that can then invest in future entrepreneurs. So I'm not mad about it. But as far as if you want to go into consumer goods, it's just like not there. And if you're a female, it's certainly not there. And so my focus is like, how can we, how can I light the way and how can I build a path for female entrepreneurs that come behind me? Because what a lot of people don't realize and in tech, it's totally different. Like you can't make a million dollars without raising $10 million in Mm -hmm. tech. Um, Your first million dollars as of a consumer goods product company is grit and determination. It's free. Mm -hmm. Then if you want to make $5 million, it's going to cost you about a million dollars. Okay. Like in funding. Yeah. Okay. Or, or just, just in general. In your, in your, in your cash flow. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And so what happens is a lot of women hit that million dollar mark and they don't understand that it's going to cost them a million dollars to get to the next stage and everything starts getting more expensive and they think they're doing their business wrong when in fact that's just exactly the cost of doing business mm -hmm. and same thing when you hit to five million now it's going to cost you five million to get to ten million and so consumer goods it's just it's an expensive business you've got to think about brand you've got to think about supply chain you've got to think about you know po's and are yeah. you doing just strictly strictly e-com or now are you having to fund po's for like wholesale so mm -hmm. it is a very expensive business but when you run out of cash, um, females also look at money differently. Like if I remember when I raised my first money, I was like terrified. I'm like, what if I don't pay it back? And my friend who was on my board at the time, he's like, okay. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I have to pay it back. Girls, we can't borrow money and not pay it back. Sure. It's like just like in us, you know? <laughs> my wife is the exact same. Yeah. Because I would do that. I would be like, oh. We need 20 grand to start a project. Cool. Let's look. Yeah. We'll, let's we'll find figure. someone. Yeah, we'll and then you <laughs> also understand that if someone gives you 20 grand, they're looking at it like, mm, I may, I may or may not see that again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and then we, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I understand. But yeah. girls are like 20 grand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so there's just like, there needs to be like this whole information that's put out. And then mm -hmm. there needs to be kind of a shift in your mindset to understand yeah. what's how, how to do it. Do you think that that is, I mean, obviously there's more to this picture, but do mm -hmm. you think that's like one of the main things is like how, and maybe I'm asking this wrong. So I'm just trying to learn, but like how women view money and raising money. Is that, is that part of it? That's or? part of it. Also, I feel like, um, we're in a really conservative culture here. Sure. And I think money's viewed as wrong or there's mm -hmm. some, there's some like emotional, cultural view around money um that's generational and also perpetuated and so like what kind of view about money um like that you, you know like it's easier to get into heaven as a poor man <laughs> than a rich man <laughs> like that kind of yeah, thing sure you sure. know like it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle yeah which okay. is actually a gate opening yeah, and yeah. is yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah no no yeah. I, got I i'm with you like i'm i was raised in iowa by the way so like coming from that kind of culture to like uh, this, you know, the, the culture here is like, sh like shock. Like I, it was a culture shock for me. Yeah. Like, what the f <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, like I love money. I love making money. I love counting money. I love spending <laughs> money. Um, and I remember when I first started telling girls that they would like, like almost like, mm. can we talk about that? Can, so I feel like the more women that are talking about money, the more women that are showing you how to make money, the more men that are supporting those initiatives um the better utah is going to be i feel like it's going to take everyone yeah all hands on deck I, I agree and you know it's funny we we met at the con consumer summit and i listened to you on the stage and you said uh i think you're up there with the with the founder of mixers uh-huh just and and uh yeah just and, and you guys are like eat what you kill and it was funny because i was looking around i was sitting in the audience and a couple people were like this and I, but I'm a sales guy. Yes, you. you yeah, knew so exactly. i was like i laughed because yeah. i was like that's sick right yeah yeah <laughs> because like that's what you do like, yeah uh, yeah, you get paid <laughs> when you make a sell. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, and people view that as like, I think that's also part of it. Is like people view that as kind of bad. And I'm like, well, no, that's just how, like for better, or for worse, that's the world we live in. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we just, well, and that. you want, and we, we specifically were talking about influencer marketing yeah. for that. And like freshly picked, we, we're, we're a big business, but like our, we made it through COVID and we're going to make it through the next three years by cutting costs. And so we don't have a huge marketing budget. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's probably like our smallest budget that mm. we okay. currently operate. And so in order for us to work with influencers, we have to build a relationship and then they get paid when they make sales. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what we meant by that. And then mm -hmm. we just started mixers. Mm -hmm. She's like, these influencers want, you know, like money up front. And I'm like, build a relationship and then they get paid when you get paid. Mm -hmm. Like, it's reciprocity at that point. It's yeah. not, it's not anything other than that. And no one has been better at building relationships than Jess. She just hits the gate running and she is going to have a different outcome than a lot of other people because she's willing to do what other people are not willing to do. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What, what are, what, what is she going to do differently? And I'm just curious because like a lot of people hear this podcast who want to start businesses. And that's the point of this is like, I want people to get pushed a little bit hear a story like yeah. this but like what 
what is what is she doing differently besides like i mean obviously because by the way i think the influencer thing i i see both sides yeah of it like i've talked to influencers i like i don't agree with that and i th- but i'm like it's kind of oh, like i've been on the other side yeah. of it. i've been where you guys are and i'm yeah. like I, I just had a cbd business yeah and i was like it's tough because yeah. you pay them up front and then well and like i don't have like P- i don't have png marketing budget oh, yeah, like yeah. i don't have craft mac and cheese money <laughs> and so like sure 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 and the pendulum will always swing where like these big these, these big brands will feel like oh we got to pay to get the top of the funnel mm-hmm. you know and then they'll swing back where they're they're so the big brands are not consistent with it and i've mm. been strictly consistent like hey we are going to work build relationships and then uh work with influencers on a on a pay pay by pay by sell Mm -hmm. um so there's that but jess is so jess is an incredible entrepreneur she does she also didn't go to school for entrepreneur she started this out of a need that she had herself makes hers the key product is her time and you should actually have her on because she'll just talk about periods the whole time and it's uh, incredible hey, i would love it by the <laughs> way I've, I've reached out to her but okay you know, let's who's... let's get it jess come on the podcast <laughs> that's right so um she started out of a need and you know initially um her husband was playing basketball in europe and so she was kind of doing it part-time but then when COVID shut down basketball in Europe, she started on it full time mm. and just invest in relationships like no one I've ever seen and is the energizer bunny of <laughs> she seemed really cool when I saw she's her, incredible, like, wow, but that girl cool. can get more done in a day than I get done in a week. <laughs> and so she's just going, 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 yeah. but she has goals that she wants to achieve and things that she's trying to hit. And so she is out getting it done, but she, the best thing about Jess is she is like going to take everyone with her. Mm. That's though, and that's important though. Like, yeah, build that team, and then every, you know, when, yeah. the, when the tide rises, all the boats rise. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I like that. No, I, I mean, when I when I heard you guys up there, I was like, holy cow! I was. That's why I said like, I gotta talk. I gotta talk to all you. Guys. I was actually there for Via. Oh yeah. But, uh-huh. but when I saw all this, I was like, I did some Via stuff. Yeah. But but they let me go, so whatever. I can talk whatever <laughs> I want now, uh, for the most part. But I was like, I was there for Via. I did a few things, but then I saw I was like saw Cindy, I saw you, mm-hmm. I saw Jess, I saw a few other people. I was like, whoa. I gotta, I gotta like do better at like having more female founders on because I feel like every time we have this conversation, it's just, it's very enlightening. Um, and, and it helps a lot of people like, cause I feel like a lot of moms and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of moms feel helpless. Like when they're in that kind of stage and they're like, how can I contribute? Or maybe, or maybe yeah. they feel like they're not doing enough. And so this kind of helps or possibly, I mean, I don't want to speak for other women. I think that, um, I think that it is like we we have a sorry just to backtrack we have yeah, a ahead. group of stay at home women, women who do, do our customer services called the Mom Squad. Ha, heck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we patterned it after chat books, and now there's a couple companies just actually patterned it after us. And then my friend Lindsay White, who sells um, breastfeeding gear, calls it the Titty Committee. I think hers <laughs> is called, but it's just <laughs> cool. so so everyone cool. we all have stay at home moms, and you know like most of our customer service team, they have one or two degrees. They just have decided to become a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And I don't, there's maybe one or two of them that need that income, but a lot of them actually just want the adult interaction because Mm. it's just tickle, like your brain, you're not using it in the same way. I feel like motherhood is just the most amazing thing ever. Like there's Mm. this time in your life. Well, you know, like when you turn six, I, my daughter's turning 16. So I'm experiencing this right now. <laughs> There's these times in your life when you think, okay, I'm going to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when you turn 16 and you get your license, you're like, I'm going to be different. Right. Um, no, you're still the same jerk, but you're just picking up eggs from the store <laughs> for your mom. <laughs> and then you're like, when I graduate yes, from high yes. school, I'm going to be different. And it's yeah. like, no, now you just go to college or now you're just working. And, or when I get this job or when I get in this and nothing, like you're still the same person. But motherhood was like so eye-opening for me because I went into the hospital one person to have my baby and I came out a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Like my priorities have shifted, my understanding has shifted, my empathy, like mm-hmm. just a whole new world opened up. And like you're giving birth to a baby, but you're also giving birth to a mother at the same mm-hmm. time. And wow. so I think like these, some of these moms are trying to figure out like how do I if I want to stay home, how do I do that? And also work. If I want to leave the house, how do I get over the guilt of leaving my child at home and having childcare, which is 
a, a whole thing to figure out, but awesome when you, it's empowering when you can figure that out. And then there are some women who like are longing to be moms, but can't. And so I think there's just this energy around motherhood and you just want to do more. Mm -hmm. And when I had a baby, I was like, oh, I can get way more done in a day than I've ever gotten done. <laughs> and so yeah. you're just like a, your, your capacity increases in a really cool way. Wow. That's awesome. No. And, and it's beautiful that you said that. I, I love that. I've never thought about it that way. Like when you give birth to a, a baby and a birth to a new mother. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, I, I definitely, that, no, it's really great. I love these conversations because I feel like I'm growing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? From like this guy who, who doesn't know anything to like having these really, you know, sobering conversations. It's really awesome. So when you, when you talk about like bringing up entrepreneurs behind you, female mm -hmm. entrepreneurs behind you, what does that look like? Does that mean that, you know, you, you might down the line, we might have to find VCs or private equity that just funds females yeah. or. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, again, it's going to take everyone. So for me personally, currently, like I probably twice a year, I'll do something just entrepreneurial focused. Okay. So like um, this summer we'll probably, Jess and I actually are hosting it. We're going to do like female founded, just get together. Mm. Like cool. Um, last year we had like 50 girls come and this year I'm sure it'll be double. Um, then as far I as far as like I I try to make myself accessible to everyone it's getting harder um in fact this summer I'm saying no to all lunches because my daughter's 16 and I only have two summers left with her and so I'm feeling yeah, like, trying to, like yeah involved, yeah manage yeah. that um and that's actually why I'm starting a podcast is so that I can have these conversations and be accessible but it doesn't have to be me all the time yeah, yeah um yeah. I have a mastermind that I do where um because th th there's like kind of this like stages of questions. A lot of them center around like, how do I get started? Sure. Which yeah. the answer is always just get started. <laughs> like Absolutely. it really is Amen. like Absolutely. get the courage and the guts and the drive to just start. Yeah. And if it costs you some money, figure it out, but like just get started. And so my mastermind, the qualifications are female founded, um, 50K in sales a year um, and e-commerce. And so those mm. three otherwise you're not going to get as much out of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and you have to kind of have put in the work to get to 50 K in sales. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens quick and sometimes it happens over a year, but like you need to understand those late nights and those hard things. And then mm -hmm. what we focus on at the mastermind is, uh, how can we, what is your goal? Number one, and how can we help you achieve that through systems and process? Because mm. a lot of times you get to a million dollars pretty quick, like I said, through grit and determination. And then you realize, oh, it's, I, I need to now start implementing. So everything systems. changes. Yep. Yeah. And so um, we, we do uh, fine. We do forecasting, um, a little bit of cash flow, a lot of uh, advertising, marketing, um, influencer work. We do tons of mindset because it's a lot of mindset, you know, mm, yeah. and um and then manufacturing and distribution. That's cool. So let's talk about mindset because that's probably the toughest one. Yeah. You can, you can learn cash flow. You can learn forecasting, finance. Yeah. And all or that hire stuff. it out. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but the mindset, what's, the, what's like, is there a place that you start with mindset? Well, for me, I always want to understand like, what do people want? Mm. And it's like one of my favorite questions to ask people because I think um there's this girl who worked for me um she started as, a, as an intern and then she worked her way up she worked for me for like five years and when she started she was going to school for elementary education and we were both working late one night and i think i was like hey do you want to be a teacher and she's like <laughs> no but no one's ever asked me that <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's wild right wow, wow. right and so yeah. she finished school, but she didn't do her student teaching. And then she came to work for me full time and she's brilliant at operations. And so she, she really excelled in that department and then went on to like a really cool job after that. Oh, cool. So I always just want to know, like, what do you want? Because I think, um, female male, a lot, a lot of us are people pleasers and we just either want to make our parents happy or our spouse happy or our friends happy or someone mm -hmm. proud or happy. And really understanding, like, what do you want? I do that exercise like once a year where I write down crazy stuff to like menial stuff. Like I want to keep my bathroom clean every day, you sure. know, like all of it, but just understanding like, what do you want? 
And then um, the same the same rules and the same method that applies to forecasting applies to goal setting. Yeah. So like, you're like, okay, we want to make 25 million this year. What does that look like every month? What does that look like every day? How many launches do we need to have? How many wholesale partners do we mm -hmm. need to have? Mm -hmm. And so just figuring it out, like, where am I today? And where is that goal? And what do I need to do between here and there? Like what bridges mm -hmm. do I need to build to get there? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to learn? How do I need to go about this? Mm -hmm. um and kind of just like laying it out for people and then what happens is you start to get okay but that won't work because and then you're understanding the limiting beliefs that that person has mm -hmm. and it's usually around um feeling like they don't have the qualifications yeah like imposters oh that was yeah. what i was going to lead into yeah but yeah go yeah. ahead or that um, no one else in my family has ever done something like this, so it's not been modeled out. Mm -hmm. Or just like, why me? Mm -hmm. And my thing for that is always like, why not you? Right. I think that uh, that's perfect because it, it, that's what happens, right? Is like um, you you lay it all out and every, anybody can lay out the plan. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, how do we actually get this done? That's when you start hitting all the real mindset problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, imposter syndrome. Like, is anybody going to actually you know, believe this. So how do you, cause this happened to me yesterday. We were talking about it before the podcast. You just get, you know, you get some hate every once in a while and it might be, or oh, yeah. like not hate, but maybe not even hate, but like people like, I don't think you can do that. Like be careful kind of stuff. Yeah. Like how do you handle and navigate those conversations? I know how I did works for me, but yeah. it could be work for different. Everybody. Uh, okay. So for me, um, <laughs> both extreme love and extreme hate are the same. Mm. Oh, okay. And so if you listen to this extreme love, you have to listen to the extreme hate. Okay. And if you listen to the extreme hate, you have to, like, you have to believe both. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so for <clears throat> me, if I get one or two, hey, that's cool. That seems all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's encouraging for me. <laughs> <laughs> or sure. one or two people that I really trust that want to give me, like, meaningful feedback, that's also encouraging for me. Okay. And so I look to the people that I trust and love for oh, feedback yeah. instead of, the the outside i mean i love likes we love comments the dopamine sure. hit is real you know <laughs> um i love the number of views like we, yeah. we love all that it's yeah. really fun but um you just have to look at both of them as the same thing and so it's all noise it's all noise it's all noise you just you kind of like yeah i think i think i've heard it before like and, and i love like philosophy but yeah you just kind of like really bad stuff really good stuff you just you want to stay like in the yeah. middle right you just kind of and you have to decide that people outside of your inner circle are not going to be able to tell you stuff about yourself. That's not true. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I heard, I heard the quote one time that, uh, someone said like, if, if you have a problem with me, call me. And if you don't have my number, you don't know me well enough to have a problem with right. me. Right. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And if you have a problem with me, you don't have the number. Let's go off on that <laughs> algorithm, put it in the comments and let's go. Right. Yeah. Boost yeah, me. Boost, boost me. it. Let's go. Yeah. And, yeah, and for yeah, that yeah. purpose, the algorithm views extreme love and extreme hate is the same. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All of it's, yeah. Everything, yeah. It's all fuel for the fire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. So how is it navigating those mindset conversations? Like when you actually get into these conversations, um, because I've, I've had them with, you know, men, but I, I'm believing that it's obviously different with women. I don't think so. I think everyone's looking for approval and acceptance. Okay. And then permission. And permission. Yeah. So like I give it, I give out those three things as much as I can. They cost me nothing. Yeah. And, and you're just like, you have my permission. Not like, even that. My thing is you've got this. Oh yeah. Like flip it back on them. Like, yeah. and you're doing an amazing job. You're building an incredible company. Like all of those things are true when I say them to people and they cost me nothing. And I make sure that I am just giving those out as much as I can. Right. And that's probably a lot for people. You know, they probably, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think people look for those things. Like you said, I just don't, I, I don't think that they hear that enough. And so hearing it from someone like you would be like, right. If they, dream, if they right? trust me and they respect me, then the nicest thing I can do is tell them they're doing a good job. Yeah, Like keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's sometimes all you need. Right. But I love, I love when you get back to it, like you just start. Cause that's the thing that that's yeah. the reason for this podcast. Yeah. It's been going on for three years. Cause I just want people to just be like, stop. I like would actually be great if people stopped listening to this. Cause they were so busy doing their own. Sure. Thing. <laughs> sure. Sure. Just get started. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The answer is always get started. Always. So when you tell people that, do you get any pushback when? Yeah. A lot. 
What do you, what, what's the most common? I'm not, well, I mean, it's always this or there's an excuse. It's either time, energy, money, people, whatever. Um, I don't sit great in that space. Actually. Mm. I don't have a lot of patience for that. Mm. And so I'm not the best person. There are people who help you get started. Yeah. Who can help you get started, but I'm not the best person to help you get started because, because your story, you know, from your story earlier, you just did it. Like, this is just what well, we And do. I, I hope people look at me and be like, exactly what I did. Like, she's not smarter than me. <laughs> right. And if Susan can do it, I can do it. Like, yeah. I hope that's what Pete, that I hope that's what I can help people yeah. when they want to get started is that if you've made one cell, I'm your girl, come to me and I will help you out. <laughs> but until you get started, like I can't sit in that space very long. I wish I was more patient in that space, but I'm not because that's not something I struggle with personally. Yeah. Well, and I, and it's hard for me too. Like I help people get started, but it's also hard for me because listening to it, but it's, I've turned that into kind of my strength because when people get like that, I, you know, we, I almost stopped the conversation. Yeah. So come to you. Yeah. You're <laughs> great at that. Like, but, but I'll be like really kind of like, you know, a little, a little confrontational. Cause I'll be like, look, are you looking for me to like tell you all the reasons why you can't, or are we just going to like get, cause it's my favorite thing is like, I heard this when I started my CBD e-commerce company and the, I heard it from. Uh, a woman who said, if you've, if your product is perfect, you've launched too late. Yeah. And so I just, that's what I tell people. I'm like, are you scared? It's going to be shitty because it probably is going to be right. And <laughs> like, if you, but if you get one cell, then it's an indication that people want it. Yeah. Then let's roll. Yeah. yeah let's yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Cause I go, cause I go, look, don't worry. Like my first podcast was terrible. My first business sucked. My first sale was terrible. Yeah. Like, but it's just fine. Like if you're okay with failing, then yeah. you'll be fine. Well, I mean, and it's scary. Like I've done this with, I'm starting a podcast and I've done this with my podcast. I've said for years, I'm going to start a podcast and actually I don't think it's been the right time until now. Um, but you know, I, Oh, I need, I, I like gave myself (laughs) all these excuses. Like, okay, I need a room in my house to do it. I need all the equipment. I need a producer. And I've gotten all those things lined up (laughs) and I've still been dragging my feet. And the truth is I don't like to be shitty at stuff. Right. I do not like to be bad at stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, this is hard for me to be vulnerable and to actually just do it. But mm-hmm. I know that that's what I need to do. So I'm just going to jump in two feet and yeah. just get it done. And figure it out. Well, and th- cause that's the beauty of entrepreneurship. It's like what you said when you, you, who is allowed in your mastermind group, the people who had, who had the long nights, who yeah. struggled and, co- and lost sleep because they were worried about all these things. Like those are the people who know how to help each other. Right. Well, and you can, you will lose your, you, you will think learning the process is actually getting started, but it's not. And so (laughs) I have seen people go to all the masterminds and do all the courses and they, that's all they do. Right. And so I'm trying to eliminate those people too. Sure. Because I I want you to just get started. And then once you get started, come over here. Like I had a girl reach out and she's like, I'm only at 20 K and I'm like looking at her business. I'm like, we'll make an exception. Cause she yeah. just started a couple of months ago and she's at 20 K. Yeah. And I'm like, like okay. killer. We'll make an exception. You can come. Yeah. Because, well, it, because it's, it seems like to me with that statement, it's more, it's not so much about the money as it is about the mindset uh-huh. and about people who belong there, who can help each other like grow. Well, right? and it's not even that I think everyone should belong there. Sure. It's like, well, yeah, okay. I, yeah. I need everyone to be at the same mental space. Otherwise right. we use okay. a lot of our time and it's, it's only two days and we go fast, but yeah. you come <laughs> away. Cool. Like I've had girls come away and a thousand X their business, come away a hundred X their business, come away and double their business. It's just what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And if we're spending our time massaging this one person to help them get started, then we're not spending our time getting the girls where they want to be. Yeah. It's just like when I, when I train salespeople, like there's some people that you have to spend more time with because Mm -hmm. they have the potential to be there. Like it's easier. Like, and that was what I learned as a sales coach was like, it's easier to take a, like a six and make them an eight than Mm -hmm. it is to from a one to make them a three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's easier to. It's yeah, but e- yeah. once you're a three, we can. Yeah, move but you then along. we can move you up. Yeah, yeah but you, but you got to get there. You got to get to the three by yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Because and 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 you get there by watching other people and modeling yeah. that behavior. You don't even know. It's like when you first start as an artist, you're just copying stuff. Sure. Yeah. Which is and there's so many girls out there. Oh, this person's copying me. No, they're not. <laughs> It is a wheel. It goes one way. <laughs> like we are yeah. all trying to get like momentum yeah, yeah, is created uh, <laughs> one way. And so don't worry about copying someone and sure, don't worry about yeah. whatever. Just yeah. get started. There's room for everyone. Well, I posted this the other day. It was like, like an abundance mindset 
when you have one of those, you don't even look at competition. Like you start a podcast. Uh, I think the best thing I did for my business and my podcast was I actually didn't do any market research. Yeah. Cause that, cause then when I started it, I was like, I've got the only one and I right. was kind of jazzed. But then like you start getting into the community and like my podcast is a dime of a dime a hundred, you know right. what I mean? Um, but that's not the point. Yeah. Cause like you said, it's like, we're all just you know, right. here. Everyone and, has a different perspective. Yeah. And you can ask, and I've interviewed people who've been interviewed a million podcasts and, and I've asked them the same questions, but the beauty of that is you get a different answer. Mm -hmm. You have a diff whole different experience yeah. on, on one. And uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a funny thing to just tell people like, no, dude, you just got to go. Mm -hmm. There's nothing anybody can do. Like, yeah. Yeah. stop spending your money on books and podcasts. Yeah. You know, no, like I, I was talking to my therapist uh, <laughs> yesterday, actually. I hate the self-help space books it's, and yeah and the i've gotten rid business of business books yeah no i've <laughs> gotten rid of a lot of <laughs> i don't i don't i can't read them I now don't i do yeah now i do like a lot of philosophy mm. or like psychology now mm -hmm. um but i i used to do that but the funny thing was i re started reading all the self-help books and all the business books okay especially sales books like they literally all say the same thing yeah i tell people like i will save you a thousand dollars right now don't read any sales books right just go start selling. right yeah <laughs> like i'll save you all the yeah, money yeah <laughs> i mean you either go to college and you learn yeah. or you pay tuition to the school of life yeah, and it ends up costing you about the same, mm -hmm. but the school of life, I think the dividends are better. Get you a little further. Yeah. I love that you said that too, because that's my huge, like I I'm, I have a degree. I'm getting my MBA. I'm just finishing that. But so I'm not like a college basher, but the problem is with like people who are like, ah, oh, you can make millions and not go to school is what you said. Right. Is like, you have to pay either way. Yeah, you're paying. You got to pay either way. Mm -hmm. So don't think like, because people will come to me in sales and be like, oh, I can sell and not have to do anything and make a million dollars. I'm like, if that's what you think and sales, not the right for you. Right. Because we have to pay. Yeah, you, you <laughs> are going to. You're, you're going to have pay. to pay. Yeah. You're going to pay. Like the first time somebody tells you to F off as a salesman and it like hangs up on the phone. Yeah. Like, that's, I would rather spend three grand and go to college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, college course than have yeah. to do that. <laughs> Two credits, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what I mean? Or like yeah. the first time you start a business and, and the, the, that first like return you get because yeah. somebody bought it and they hate you or whatever. Like, yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And it's hard not to take it personal. It's yeah. hard not to take it personal. And it's hard to like, because you lose that money mm -hmm. and then you got to ding on your merchant account. And mm -hmm. like, now you're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. 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 All this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's just wild. But I love that. I love the mindset stuff because I feel like you know, you can learn, you can learn the rest. Yeah. Comes. And, and my thing is, is like, you can figure it out if you know how to, if you, if you're willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You can figure anything out. <laughs> Everything's figure outable. Yeah. That's a self-help book. Is it? Those are a great <laughs> book though. Like there's some self-help books. Like one of my favorite one is like an anti-self-help book. It's by Mark Manson. It's called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Oh yeah. I've seen that. My therapist actually recommended oh, that. It's a, well, yeah, it's actually, that's but when I let stopped me guess, reading. You just learn how to not give a fuck well it's like he, well mark manson is just this yeah, yeah 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 it's just this counterintuitive way that's actually when i stopped reading him because he was like he just it was so beautiful just, he laid it out perfectly that i was like okay that's yeah right. like the first chapter is like don't try and the essence of the chapter is like if you've ever like i grew up in iowa and so the way i explain it is like if you've ever tried to chase a chicken mm. like you can't get it so but like when you stop chasing chickens they come back home mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like so like, that's kind of life, right? You like, you have to divorce. And that's what I teach salespeople. Like you have to divorce yourself from the outcomes. Yeah. Like inputs over outputs. Yeah. That's, I actually, when we talk about mindset and we go through like, what do you want? And then mm -hmm. we lay it all out. I tell people to like, shut your book and don't look at it for a month. Ooh. Yeah. And just see how much of that has actually like, um, implanted itself into your mind and I your psyche. <laughs> and then like, if your behaviors and attitudes change because of you, because of you just identifying what you want. Yeah. I love that because I, I was in, um, I, I love learning like digital selling and copywriting and we, we were learning about headlines, like mm -hmm. how to make a great headline. And he was like, write down all of your headlines that you want to make this piece of like this article for. He's like, send them to five friends, ask them for their favorite, ignore all their favorites. And then a week later, ask them which one they remembered. Mm. <laughs> and he was like that's your headline genius <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, so that's the you know like yeah. that reminded me of when you said goals he's like shut your book forget yeah, about it. let them. your subconscious yeah. work and then in a week and then in a month yeah. tell me which one you remember yeah and what <laughs> and i've done this so many times and i'll open a book like a couple years later yeah. and i'll be like check 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 like i've accomplished everything i want to right, right but right. i'm not actively well i am actively but i'm not 
focus solely on that. Like yeah. my, just everything in my life is changing and shifting to accomplish right. it. Yeah. Because, um, I know I, okay. So I stopped reading self-help books, but I have a crazy Here memory. We go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stopped reading them, but I have a crazy, but I don't know like what defines a self-help because a lot of the ones I read are like philosophy and psychology. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's a self-help book. You don't, you don't have to yeah, defend I don't care. it. Yeah. I, don't care. I like, I like it's the just power for of me and myself. <laughs> sure. Sure. It. Sure. But like the, the, have you, have you heard of atomic habits? Yeah. Cause this is kind of like what you're saying, right? It's like you write down everything. But then like your habits make you the person who's ready yep. for 50K. Yeah. And you want people in your mastermind who, ha who have the habits of 50K people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we're all like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's not, it does not look like the same for everyone. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. have to get up at 4 a.m. to make a million dollars. <laughs> I'll never make, I'll never get up for, I do that You don't. And um, <laughs> your little subtle changes um, that are consistent are mm -hmm. better than like huge life shifts. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, and I just, you know, because it's so true. Like, you know, this is those little, little things, those little things, because everybody is looking for the big things. I think that's the other thing. Yeah. Right? Like when you start a business, you're like, uh, my, my hardest part with like talking business with people is I bring on entrepreneurs, um, but I haven't had any huge people on. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, you know, when are you going to get like so-and-so and so? And I'm like, everybody's so focused on Jeff Bezos or like these crazy big deals and i go and i go yeah but susan peterson lives right next door to you mm -hmm. and she would you know yeah. she would let you pick her brain yeah but you think jeff bezos is the only person who could you think if your idea is not amazon that it's not worth starting right some sure. people some people think like i mean sure and then also to that point when you are go people are always like how do you get a mentor and <laughs> a lot of people think okay i need someone like jeff bezos mm. or someone who's who's accomplished everything and I, that I can. And my thing is like, no, you look at the next phase that you're trying to go into and that's where you pick your mentorship from. Because yeah. if I tried to talk business with Bezos, he, his, where he's at and where he's operating from, those principles and systems that he's using don't make sense in my business. Yeah. And that, well, and that's too, cause you're too far. Like, he's too far. Yeah. You're yeah. talking. He's, and he's like looking like in the rear view mirror, like, a hundred miles ago and trying yeah. to help me navigate that. And it's not like he can't see the bumps. He can't see the stuff, stuff yeah. that's coming up, but he can, the closer to him he can do. So I yeah. always look for people that have just done what I want to do. Yeah. So you're like 10 million. You're looking for that person to do 15. Yeah. That person to do 20. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, that's, it's right there. It's like these baby steps. Yeah. And that's what I've, that's what I've actually noticed probably more than just people not starting is also people like, um, they have these limiting beliefs that are like, if I, if I don't have a million dollar idea. And I talked to somebody about this on my podcast a while ago, but it never left my mind because he was like, how, how would you ever recognize a million dollar idea if you haven't failed at your $1 idea or, mm -hmm. or your thousand dollar idea? Mm -hmm. It's like, you would never know. You would yeah. never know because you don't know. And most people accidentally make a million dollars. I know that seems weird, but, no, but a lot of people do. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're like, I didn't expect this. Yeah. I was just trying to help me. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I was somebody, you know, yeah. And I was focused on this and then look, there's this over here. That's one of the outcomes of this. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And my podcast opened up a ton of doors. Well, and I, and I love that you're starting the podcast for that, right? Because everybody needs it. There's a, there's 2 billion podcasts, but by the way, what's funny about podcasting is, so when you start, everybody like everybody has a podcast. There's like two billion out there. Yeah, it's a new it's a new blog. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 exactly. So, but then like podcasts that get past ten episodes, it yeah. goes down. Right. And then the podcasts that get over a hundred, it's like now you're like in the twenty percent bracket. It's wild. And if you have a t over two hundred episodes, you're in like the one one percent of podcasts. Wow. Who like? You, so like it gets shorter the more that you do it. Okay, that just became my goal. Yeah, it's like. 200 write it down for someone for me <laughs> right? and shut the yeah. shut the book because like because like that's i was like i started my podcast and i was like oh this sucks and then like reviews too so like two billion podcasts out there podcasts with more than 10 reviews goes down to like 70 percent mm. podcasts with more than 500 reviews you're in the top half wow you're that's like amazing. but like so you know what i mean like you can be in this industry that's like holy crap this is crazy yeah but consistency kills right and like now you so like now, yeah, I have a podcast. I'm one of two billion, but I'm not because I have over two. I have, I have over two hundred episodes, and I have over fifty reviews. And now, and I'm how a, many how many downloads do you get per episode? Per episode, probably between YouTube and Anchor, probably a couple thousand. Oh, amazing! Yeah, so yeah, it's like, so again, you're like in the top. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in right yeah. here. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And and uh, so 
So that's what like business is for me because everybody has a business. Mm-hmm. Everybody and their dog has a business. But like businesses who make over a million, now you're now that competition's almost well. And to quantify that for women, if you make over a million, you're in the top two percent of businesses. There you go for women. That's it. And then you if, can compete with two percent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it's not even you. You don't even need to compete. You just sure. like. I hear, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the top 2% of women-owned businesses. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. You know? And then if you can get funding, you're in the top 2% of that 2%. <laughs> and so you just, it, yeah. Yeah, and we brought on funding four years ago now, five years ago. And, you know, people always ask me, how do you get funding? And I always just say, everything good in my life, I fell ass backwards into. But I did set out that year to get funding. And I wrote it down, and then that's what happened. We're going to get it. Yeah. Let's go. How many, um, how many investors did you have to go through? How many pitches did you have to go through to get your, your first one? Or, or was it like networking? Yeah. It's all networking. Network, networking. Yeah. I had a friend cool. who kind of laid out a plan for me that I followed to a T and it worked out perfectly, which was you get five people on the hook. So we, we went around and I found like five, five investors that I really liked. Mine's private equity. And so it's different, cool. the yeah. venture. Yeah. Um, and, uh, from those five people, what I did was I just over communicated for like six months. So twice <laughs> a month, I was sending them updates about the business and the moves we were making and the plays we were making and what we were going to do. And then, it, oh, okay, this is like beginning of the month. And at the end of the month, I would basically send them like a cash and a cash thing where I'm like, here's everything we did and here's yeah. how it worked out. And about once a month, I got on a phone with them and asked them for feedback on a project we were working on or something. And through that process, everyone became super emotionally invested and really excited about Freshly Picked. And so I never even built a deck. Cool. I think that's the way to go. And well, I got like, two offers. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I know the purpose of, you know, like, great, build a deck. That works for some people. But like, that's also Well, for really venture, cool. you have to build a deck. Okay. Yeah. You okay. have to. Great. You're not even going to, you're not getting through the door without a deck. <laughs> but for private equity it takes so much time and effort to close a deal that if you can incorporate it into how you're already oh, running your okay, business, cool. then you're, you, yeah. you're not having to stop building your business to raise the money. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that venture capital required like, or not required, but like, yeah, I mean, you have to, your idea needs cool. to be laid out. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty clear yeah, for yeah. venture. That's cool. I, I mean, I knew there was a difference between VC and, and PE, but well, and it's not, cool. yeah, it's not just dollar like, you know, and my private equity team, oh my gosh, they're the best. I mm-hmm. love them so much. I wish all my friends could have, like, could be, <laughs> could could be, be part them. of it. Yeah, they're so yeah. incredible. That's cool. And for you, what was the, I mean, was anything kind of nerve wracking there for you? Or if there no, was, like, okay. my superpower is that I don't realize a danger until I'm pretty far past it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll wake up great. Like, though. Oh my gosh, that was scary. Yeah, you're like, did you realize what you just did? (laughs) Yeah, no, I have no idea. You're like, that was an alligator. Dumb luck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's cool though. Like I, you know, I studied marketing, like I'm a sales guy. And so naturally we bleed a little bit into marketing. And um, the one thing I never got was market research. Like the only market research I do now when I help people like sell stuff or like their little small businesses is I'll be like, is there other people doing what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Are they successful? Yep. That's it. That's all the market research we need to do. Yeah. Now we just need to go. <laughs> yeah. There is a time in your business when, um, when data just becomes king right. for everything, you sure. know, but it's pretty, it's, you, you can get, you can get pretty far without that. Yeah. And that's, but that's also the point, you know, that, that you were making earlier with like, you know, it's different, like, like just starting is different than a million dollars. It's yeah. different than 15 and it's different yeah. than Jeff Bezos. Like, yeah eventually we progress. So like when I tell people like, and I'm pretty candid about what I do, like I don't, I don't mess with like anything really in the five to 10 million, but if you need help just starting and getting rolling and like getting some traction, like that's where I play because like, that's where I love. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been at the businesses who do that stuff, but I love helping people realize that like, you don't have to be anything crazy. And like, I love what you said at the beginning, like she's not smarter than me. It's like, yeah, like dude, and there's no offense there. No. Like, it's just like, we're all on the same. We all got the same If you are table. living, breathing, <laughs> listening to this, you are smart. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like, you can do it. You yes, got this. Yeah. Yes. Those are the best stories. Like when I write on my LinkedIn or something, or, or with, when I do these podcasts, like, it's just funny how I, I meet all these incredible, successful founders and the story's the same. Mm-hmm. We just started. Yeah. And then we figured it out along the way. Mm-hmm. And then magic happened. And magic happened because we just didn't give up and mm-hmm. just kept going and we figured it out and yeah. found the right people. And cause that's what I also realized, like, and I'm sure you found this maybe in your mastermind too. Like nobody would be, well, nobody would want to help me. 
Yeah. I'm like, you'd be really surprised how many people would actually. Almost everyone wants to help. Almost everyone wants you to succeed. Yeah. They're with, with the exception of a couple assholes, <laughs> but like, yeah, whatever, for That's the enough. most part, like people want you to be successful. Yeah. And a lot of times I find if I'm not asking the right question, I'm not getting the help I need. Mm. And so it's on me to figure out what question I need to ask. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I had a friend, um, on a similar note, say like, you know, being able to Google is an underrated superpower. Yes. And I go, and I go, and I go, yeah, the secret to Googling is knowing what questions to ask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I will Google the same thing. And he's like, how do you always get results? And I'm like, I'm just asking the right question. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> because the, the you, yeah, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Ask the wrong question. Get yeah. The wrong answer. Yeah. I had a girl who worked for me who would always, someone would ask a question in a meeting and she'd be like, why don't you GTS that? <laughs> what is that? Google that shit. <laughs> Like if it's Googleable, come yeah, on. Yeah, like you know, yes, yeah. That's come it. on. That's number one rule for podcasters when you interview a guest. Don't ask a Googleable question. No. Unless I'm at the beginning and I'm telling people to introduce themselves. Yeah, sure. Get out of here. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, like you're, you know, uh shouldn't be shouldn't be Googleable. You should have yeah. to dig a little bit for yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, like a good question is one that you you know, you don't know the answer to and you needed like Dig, I, I've had to figure out on Google how to ask the same question 18 different ways to get the answer that right. I'm trying to find. You know? Right. And then sometimes I'm looking in the images and the videos and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I asked the wrong question. And then I, yeah. Right. Then you got to rephrase yeah, it. Context like, oh, clues, okay, guys. Okay. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like not looking for confirmation bias. I'm like, that's yeah. not what I'm looking for. I need also, to phrase it. It's not. Or you're not being vulnerable. Ooh, if yeah, you're not getting, ooh. if you're coming to someone and feeling like, ooh, they're not going to respect me unless I act like I have all my stuff together. No one has it together. Well, yeah, and 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 you don't want to work with people like that anyway. No, it, and it yeah. makes it makes me uncomfortable if I feel like if people are coming to me like fronting, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. I this is not how I operate. Like yeah. we're vulnerable, we're open. Like yeah, I I I can get vulnerable with anyone. Yeah, we respect each other. Yeah, we'll get, like we'll get through this. Yeah, yeah, like put down your walls and let's get to the to the root of the problem <laughs> for real yeah. though. Yeah, you know, and that's amazing because you know. And, and and it's just in my circle, but like, I sometimes feel like people are just really afraid to do that. Yeah. Well, you know? it is, it's scary. It, it is scary. Yeah. It's hard. And, and except for, and, and if you've asked someone who's one of those few assholes, it's <laughs> not fun to be vulnerable with them. No, 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 it's not. But it's also like, but that's when you know you have a team. Like for yeah. me, like yesterday, um, so we were talking about it before. I don't really care about telling the story. Like I got laid off and I was about to post on LinkedIn that I was like, Hey, I'm looking for a new position. And my wife was like, yeah, but if you, you have that company tomorrow and if they see that they might offer you lower or not like respect you anymore. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, if, if they come off like that, then I didn't want to work from anyway. Yeah. Like if somebody shows their true colors, yeah. like that's actually what I need to yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather know that up front right. that you're not going to, that you're going to do me like that. Right. Than, six months into a company, try to do something cool right. and you shut me down and now we've wasted six months together. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I don't know. And, and it's my, and yeah, you, so, but, but here's the other thing is like we, in our life and like when I teach salespeople, I go like, all these objection trainings are dumb because mm -hmm. I go, we focus on the, the minority of people who say whatever they're going to say. But like, what if they actually say yes though? What mm -hmm. if you talk to, what if I email and I've done this before, but like, what if you email someone big and they actually say like, yeah, let's do a podcast. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to tell me? No, like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, I can live with that. Yeah, but I can't no. live with not asking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't know until you ask. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But like, yeah. And then just being vulnerable with people. Like I had a friend who did that, his boss, but like, you know, when people, you need people to show you your true colors. Yeah. So I actually just had a recent experience with this. Um, last August, I had a nervous breakdown and it was like pretty, I, I've never, I'd been struggling with my mental health for years, but I didn't realize it at the time. Um, and it kind of like all came to a head when I had a nervous breakdown. I was out for a walk. I would like go walking every morning and I kind of passed out. I don't, I don't remember, but I fell over into like the fence in my neighborhood mm -hmm. and I called my husband. I'm like, I think I'm having a heart attack. You have to come pick me up. And we went to the doctor and he's like, you have acute anxiety. And I was like, what? there's something wrong with me. I can oh, feel it. Like yeah. my heart was like, it felt like something was wrong. And, um, then went through this whole thing where kind like, I couldn't leave my house. Like I lost touch with reality a little bit. 
started on some medication, started seeing a bunch of doctors and therapists and um, had to take like a huge step back from everything. Like I didn't go into work for four months. Like I just, I couldn't leave my house. Mm -hmm. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. Um, And I, when I started, when my meds got right and then my diet kind of evened itself out and I started to have more good days than bad, um, then I started kind of to venture out a little bit. And uh, my website manager is like, let's, and I was super open with my team, but she's yeah. like, but she's like, let's write a blog post about this. And so we did. And it's been incredible how many people have reached out and been like, I think I'm having a nervous breakdown right now. And I've been able to like point people in the right direction or encourage them to go see their doctor or whatever. I mean, I don't know the answer. So if you come mm-hmm. to me, I'm going to tell you, go talk to a doctor, sure. but like just being open with that. So many more people have felt permission to be open with their mental health as well. Well, that's a beautiful story. And, and uh, yeah, it's, I know how hard that is because it's just a wild, wild experience. Um, but, but the fact that like when you share that story mm-hmm. and, and other people feel now that like they're ready, like mm-hmm. that's all that, I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Like the whole experience is just like, yeah, like giving people permission to like, let's, we're all in the, oh. like, you think, you think we all have this perfect life, but you know (laughs) well and there's a i mean social media swings back and forth you know where we have veneers Mm -hmm. and then we're almost too vulnerable like some (laughs) of the stuff i see on tiktok i'm like y'all should get a journal (laughs) this is not appropriate for internet consumption that's fair and then it goes back like but i feel like for me i always want the person that people meet in person Mm -hmm. and then the person that they see online i want them to be able to reconcile those two people oh they don't have to be exactly the same person but i okay yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i want part i only share a part of my personality on social media sure not my whole personality and a part of my life and but i want when you meet me to be able to reconcile it yeah and there are some people where you see them online and you meet them in person and you can't reconcile the two. Right. They feel very different. Yeah. And I think it's, there's nothing wrong or right with that, but it could be a defense mechanism. It could be like, there's so many reasons for it. But just for me, for me, authenticity means the person you see online is a portion of who I am in real life. Yeah. 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 Like when we meet you, we won't be surprised. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, th- like, yeah, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because that happens to me all the time when I meet people online. You know, we'll do, the, we'll meet up, do a podcast, we'll meet in person. And, and there's been some times where I'm like, holy cow, dude, this is, you got me. <laughs> I'm hoping, you got me. don't you, I always want to, oh, I love under delivering it or under promising and over delivering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. I love people feeling like, whoa, that was good. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, that's really cool. But I've had the, the other part where you kind of, yeah, the these inverse people up. of that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. Yeah, and then they're just you like, gotta go through it, and duds. you're like, you're yeah. like, oh shoot, yeah. I remember one conversation. It was actually a pretty big guest, and I won't say any names, but it was actually a pretty big guest. And I everything online was cool. We were good. He was like, he said yes right away. I was like, dope. Got in this interview, and it was like one of the most awkward, difficult interviews I've ever mm. had in my life. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and it was live. Like I used to do these live. Oh wow. <laughs> we just we like rolling. <laughs> Wow. So that was, but we had to stop doing that after we had a, an attorney on, and after we had a, we after we had a uh, our uh, freaking politician, our politician on. Yeah, that was great. That was wild. <laughs> what a wild, what a wild time. Ben's with been with me forever. Oh, amazing. Yeah, but that's cool. So, um, are you planning with your podcast? Is it going to be you monologuing? Do you have a co-host? Are you bringing on guests? A little yeah, bit of no, everything. I'm not great. I always have to bounce off energy. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, I couldn't do that. I can't. I can't do it by myself. <laughs> do you listen to Andrew Huberman podcast? Yes, he's the uh, brain. Yeah, he's, and yes. I think because he's a professor, he's actually really good solo. And, yeah, and he well, and he is the master at taking something that's really complicated, uh-huh. t- teaching it to a ten year old. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> like I feel like Michael Scott. Like teach me yeah. like I'm ten. Yeah, okay, yeah, wait, yeah. Teach me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about two? <laughs> Yeah. Right, no, he's great. So he's yeah. great. For me, <clears throat> I'm always better with people. So yeah. I'm either going to have a guest or a reoccurring like co-host. co-host. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, either way is great. I tried to monologue. I had a monologue YouTube podcast for a while that was uh, called A Bone to Pick. And it only made it four episodes because I was like, hard. I cannot talk by myself. Yeah, it's very <laughs> hard. Yeah. Well, my yesterday I was talking to my nephew. Um, He's 17 and he's like, why do you want to start a podcast? And I was like, oh, that's easy. I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> 
he's like okay i'll listen <laughs> yeah that's great but you know what's funny is like when i bring people on so we used to do this like everything like uh we used to have headphones like everybody would hear yeah. headphones and i took the headphones away because guests would hear themselves talk like yeah. that's how you monitor the audio and they were like i don't like that yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. like most people hate to hear themselves talk and the first 50 episodes i outsourced uh-huh because i hated hearing myself talk if, really? if i didn't if i wouldn't have outsourced those the podcast would have never went through because mm. it was tough for me yeah. for me it was yeah, tough because yeah, yeah. i was like that's how i sound in yeah, real life. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like no um well that's cool so i i appreciate your time though this yeah, has been great this is really fun um tell everybody where they can find you freshly picked uh whatever you want um if someone's listening and they're eligible for your mastermind whatever you want to promote yeah so uh my instagram is actually susan.m.peterson and uh or you can follow freshly picked uh my podcast is coming soon not launching until august T tbd yeah. in august yep yeah and um we do have some spots left in the mastermind that's july 27th and 29th and if you go to my instagram there's a link there that you okay. can sign up well you can apply you have to apply apply and then yeah, yeah and, then and we, yeah. you'll get on a phone call with my co my co-owner brooke and she makes sure that, that your mindset that. is there yeah oh cool yeah that's so great all right yeah. cool well thank you so much Susan. yeah thanks for having me absolutely good bro